Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. I am the lead film and draft analyst for Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Laboratory. And, uh, we are mobile right now. We are mobile. <laughs> that is a fantastic joke. We are literally in the car. Yes. Recording a podcast. Yes. Yes, we are. There, there is a microphone sitting on the console right now as we drive through Louisiana. Jake's here, too. Say hi, Jake. Hey, guys. <laughs> you haven't heard him for a while. If you if you didn't listen to the draft show, uh, Jake and me headed that up last year before Craig and Matt came on. So Jake will be part of our draft coverage as he was last year. Craig and Matt will be a part of it, obviously, as well. And uh, we have a lot of really cool things we're looking forward to kind of announcing down the road, some really big plans for our draft coverage. And we'll turn the page to the draft here in a minute, but I think we probably need, unfortunately, to talk a little bit about what happened on Sunday night. The Chiefs made a furious comeback, took the lead against the New England Patriots, but it was ultimately not enough as Tom Brady held on to the torch for one more year. Craig, you were at the game. I was. Uh, it was a very cold and windy evening. My voice is still semi-recovering there. Uh, that place was rocking the entire game. Even when the Patriots were sort of controlling the ball in the first half, it really never died down. Chiefs fans did a great job keeping that building very, very loud. It did get a little bit of the air sucked out of it when D Ford was a judge to have lined up in the neutral zone. But yeah, no, it, it was good. It was a good time. The future's bright, but the defense is not. Maddie, what do you think about this game? I think the Chiefs came out, they got entirely out coached to start the game. And I think that they really had a hard time catching back up from there. Just whether it was the offense, the defense, they just never seemed to really get their footing unless Pat was out there making plays, which is great. We've grown accustomed to that, but I really expect the Chiefs coaches to come out with a little bit better game plan than what we saw on both sides of the ball. We essentially lost the same Patriots offense and defense that people have seen all year or the last 20 years and just didn't really have an answer to it. And that part's probably the most disappointing, but at the same time, going forward, you're going to have a better team next year. You still have Patrick Mahomes, and he did anything but disappoint. So you can't be that upset if you're a Chiefs fan. And it's draft season, so it looks even better for me. Yeah, of course. No, Maddie's, Maddie's full-on into draft season. Um, I, the thing that, that bothers me about that game is, I mean, you saw how furious of a comeback that was with the offense. You saw him put up 31 points in the second half. Uh, a couple little things go differently, and that might be a completely different ball game. And that's going to steam. I mean, we can we can analyze every single little thing that happens, but it's already been overanalyzed. Uh, what was the? I, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lean into this pain a little bit. Yeah. Or just a little bit, and then we'll get on to the draft stuff. 
what was the one thing that just hurt the most to you? Start with Craig. Oh, the one thing that hurt the most is that Charvarius Ward came up with an interception that would have iced the game. I just, it, it, it really hurt because Charvarius has played really pretty decent over the past three weeks. It looks like the Chiefs have something in him as a player where, you know, we were going to have a bunch of questions at cornerback going into this offseason, going into 2019. There are still questions there, but Charvarius Ward looks like a guy that they might be able to hang their hat on for a little bit, and he made a big play and a big moment, and it just it, it felt like that was the one. that was, They had it right in their grasp, and then, yeah, it got called back from penalty. Matty? For me, it was losing the coin flip in overtime because, like every other Chiefs fan, <laughs> I knew the game was over right yeah. then and there. I mean, you saw it on, we had third and seven, third and ten, third and ten. These are pretty much uncontested, complete passes on third and long, right on the target. It's great plays by, great ball placement by Brady, but these receivers are wide open. But did anybody expect any different going into that? So as soon as they lost that coin flip, you knew the only way Mahomes was getting back on the field is if the defense somehow forced a field goal. But even that felt like a long shot. And it was just capped off by Rex Burkhead running over <laughs> tacklers in the red zone. Just that's just like the ultimate stamp of the game being over. This was no longer the Sony Michelle show. This wasn't James White getting out into the flats. No, it was Rex Burkhead up the middle running over everybody to get the touchdown. Just that whole process was bad. Didn't feel good. Didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. But at the same time, like I said, they expected it as soon as we lost that coin flip. The thing for me was three third and tens in overtime. Three third Three. Third and tens in overtime. I like, think they're going to cover a slot receiver from a stack formation in the middle of the field uh, next year? No, probably not. I mean, no, actually, I think they will because I think someone else will be calling the plays. And, whew, and whew, yeah, we went there. Who's it going to be? Uh, Mike Smith. Craig Stout. No. <laughs> no, you don't You don't want to get 800 points scored on you a game. No, we already did. So. I mean, it can't. <laughs> It can't get worse, right? I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Okay, one, I want to ask this question, and this is kind of our, this is kind of our, our turning of the page. Well, I have a good question too. Oh well, uh, Matthew, you go ahead. Hey Jake, you're not a cheese fan. What'd you think about the game? Gosh, <laughs> well, I'll just say this: like, I'm not a cheese fan, but if I if I was a cheese fan, and it's not that I don't root for the cheese, because I definitely do, but you have the envy of 31 teams in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is, I think, unquestionably the greatest asset in professional sports right now. I mean, so if you know my background, like I'm a big Packers fan. Like I've lived through Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre in my life. And, it, and if you could tell me <laughs> right now, if you, I mean, the, pa- the Packers would be out of their minds. Well, maybe not. I don't know what I'm saying here, but... <laughs> But, but what I'm trying to get at is, would I take Patrick Mahomes at age 23 over Aaron Rodgers at age 35? Yeah, I would. Oh. If you separate, if you separate the attachment to it, 100%. I think you take another 10 to 15 years of greatness. Patrick Mahomes has shown absolutely nothing other than he's just going to get better and he's just going to be scary. He's going to be scarier than he already is. So. Um, Yes, it sucks to lose a conference championship game, and I get that. There's no guarantee you'll get back. There's no guarantee they'll be this healthy next year, all that stuff. But you have to feel good about the fact that you probably have the best quarterback in the National Football League. 
was stopped twice in the airport today wearing my Chiefs hat from a Patriots fan and a Saints fan telling me that they would trade the rest of the season, that included the chance of the Super Bowl for the Patriots, to have Patrick Mahomes on their team. So what Jake's saying is absolutely true. Every other fan wants Patrick Mahomes on their team. You as Chiefs fans have that. Enjoy it no matter what happened this year. All right, I want to ask this question, then we're going to get to some draft content because we are turning the page here. I want, I want to know from each of you, besides baby goat Patrick Mahomes. Baby? Baby goat, the young goat, he's coming. What is the one thing that you're most excited about from this roster, from this year that you're looking forward to next year? Uh, for me, it's Chris Jones. I Chris Jones was fantastic this year. He lost weight. He kind of got himself in shape. I think he that coaching staff really helped him develop into a you know just now this insanely great interior defensive lineman. I think that next year he can be even better, and I think that Chiefs are going to have even if they lose either Justin Houston or D Ford or even both in this offseason, they are still going to have a guy that can get after the passer and can do it from a position that a lot of teams are very envious and don't have guys like that. So it's Chris Jones for next year. For me, it's Sammy Watkins. I mean, I know it's wishful thinking to think you're going to get a full year from him, but he's got a year in this Andy Reid offense that he said at the beginning of the year, asked him to do a lot more, more stuff than he's done all the way since going back to Clemson. So you get him another year in the offense learning what to do. You get him healthy. We saw against the Patriots, he's pretty much the only weapon with Damian Williams that was keeping the Chiefs afloat. Now, the Patriots were kind of letting him do it, leaving him one-on-one, but just the fact that he's able to beat guys like Stephon Gilmore or J.C. Jackson or Justin Jones, I believe that was probably the wrong name even for that corner, but (laughs) besides that, the fact that he was able to win these one-on-ones is something that the Chiefs haven't had across from Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill over the last couple years. So having that now just gives you all the weapons for Mahomes to continue to improve and be better. And God forbid you get Sammy Watkins for a full season. I kind of think the sky's the limit for the offense going forward, and there should be no reason to think it's going to take a step back. When Sammy Watkins had what? Like he had about 180 yards of receiving yards uh, in the playoffs. Like that's that's he he earned it this year. He was he was big in their biggest games. I have no qualms with that Sammy Watkins contract at all. For me, I'm not. I'm not going to say like this is the I'm most optimistic about, but I'm extremely fascinated with Charvarius Ward. I want to see if he can duplicate this. I want to see if he's a guy that they can trust. Uh, as yeah, maybe I don't think he's your you know number two corner or anything like that, but I think he's a guy that can play you know rotationally. He can give you solid snaps. I think they they might be onto something there, and I, I'm really mostly just curious more than maybe excited but i am really i i'm really excited to see what he can do moving forward okay we're done talking about the patriots i mean i'm sure it'll probably creep up a couple times nope and, never again <laughs> or not uh we're on our way to the senior bowl it is draft season matthew i know you're geeked out right now um we're obviously pretty excited we're gonna try to get um, as much information, uh, chief specific, we're going to ask some chief specific questions this week to a lot of prospects. We're always going to be looking at all these players through the lens of how they could benefit the Kansas City Chiefs the same way we did last year. And uh, we're going to do uh, more than we've ever done at Arrowhead Pride. It's going to be obnoxiously awesome. I, I can't wait. Uh, 
Guys, give me one player that you are excited to see this week. Start with Craig. Uh, for me, it's a Jermaine Pratt, a guy that I wasn't really aware of all that much out of NC State. He's a linebacker. He's a very long linebacker that's a uh, safety convert. Now, uh, there are questions about his range. There are questions about his ability to cover it, you know, a guy up the seam, but I, he's a guy that's very intriguing to me with his length and his size. He's, he's going to weigh in at about 240 probably. We'll find out for sure tomorrow, but it's a guy that I think that he could be added as a true linebacker and still be able to cover and still have a little bit of the coverage skill that we need on this team. Both Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland are terrible in coverage. I know the Chiefs have Dorian O'Daniel, but O'Daniel's a little bit uh, smaller guy. I, I think that maybe a guy with a little more length to be able to carry tight ends is very intriguing. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings this week. Jacob? Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Donald Parham. He's a tight end from Stetson, which is an FCS school. This guy is, he's like 6'8", 240. There's hardly any film on him. Honestly, the only thing I've seen is there's like a minute and a half highlight tape of him. Um, so I'm just really excited to watch him because when you do watch just his highlight tape, you see a guy that is a massive human being that really moves like a wide receiver. And so I'm really interested to see how does he match up against you know legit FBS talent. Um, is he going to rise to the occasion or is he kind of just going to fall to the wayside? So he's a guy that I'm really excited to see uh, just because I think when you talk about the Chiefs, my whole offseason approach for the Chiefs, and I know you guys are going to say uh, defense, 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 but I kind of think it would be fun just to see them add more offensive weapons and just go out and score 100 points on everybody. Because oh. um, <laughs> Poor you, Craig, Jake. <laughs> I hate you right now. If, uh, but this guy, I mean, honestly, if, if you can – could do 12 personnel with him you could split him out wide you could keep him in line you could do a ton of things with him um, he looks like a real bendy athlete so um, we'll see I'm excited to watch him half half because I think he's a freak athlete with a, a huge amount of upside but also because I haven't really seen him um, besides in like a really small sample size so that's my guy Don Donald Parham for me it's a guy we've talked about a couple times on here but I'm extremely excited to see Rocky Asin cornerback yeah. from Temple He's been kind of my guy for a while now. He's 6'1", 6'2", a little lean, lanky, about 190 pounds. And again, we'll find out for everybody tomorrow. But he plays about as physical as you can for a cornerback at the line of scrimmage. He's an ex-wrestling like champion, state champion in high school that shows up when he's out there on the boundary. He's beating receivers up. He's using his length. But he's not stiff. He's not the most fluid guy. He doesn't have great footwork, but it's not terrible. You can tell he's still learning. He's a guy that started in division two he moved his way into temple after presbyterian college he's getting his technique down but what you can see is he's a guy he can turn he can run he's got long speed he's got great ball skills and the few matchups he's had against teams like ucf or buffalo when going up against anthony johnson mm -hmm. he's had great games so now i'm just excited to see him against other top wide receiver prospects and this is a decent wide receiver group at the senior bowl it's not great but it's not as bad as it's been in years past as well so I'm just excited to see him out there, see how well he moves, and just see if he's as good at the line of scrimmage against these guys as it looks like he is on film. 
I uh, I have the distinct pleasure Wait of a watching. Hey, hold on a second. Before you go, Ken, <laughs> I want to throw one other guy out there that I'm really excited <laughs> to watch. Um, and that's my boy, my guy. There's currently fisticuffs happening uh, in the my, vehicle. My guy, Nasir Adderley, who's probably <laughs> I knew that was who's probably the best player in Mobile. Not probably. I was, Jake, I was about to give you like a lot of props, but you just kind of beat me to it. Well, Jake, I don't need to now. Jake just gave myself props. <laughs> Jake's our primary grader on Nasir Adderley. Um, just so you guys know, we have about 100 prospects already with initial grades because we're crazy people. Um, so we are I way... I slacking. Yeah. <laughs> we're way out ahead of this. We already have a, a lot of initial grades uh, on our big board already. Uh, Jake gave Nasir Adderley a round one grade. Um, He's probably going in the top 15. And he's he's an absolute After stud. this week, and that's kind of the question, is after this week, is he really going to solidify himself as the, the number one safety in this class? A lot of people might think it's Deontay Thompson from Bama, but I think when people really look at the film, oh man, and, and Matt actually made a really good point earlier when we were talking about, you know, some people aren't really in on Adderley yet, and Matt really just kind of brought those, those Matt said, those are the people that just haven't watched his film yet. Right. Um, because when you put on the tape, the guy is hes a legit cover one safety. I mean, he is a safety with corner skills. Um, I've heard Dane Brugler say that he's probably going to test out of, you know, out of this world. Like, we're talking like 40-plus vertical, 4-3 athlete, really good three-cone time. So, um, I'm excited to see all that on display as well this weekend. Ken, who is, who is your guy that you're going to say? <laughs> I, uh, I was going to go with uh, – I was going to go with – this year, Adderley. Oh, huh? Shit. What do you know? I, I'm so. Well, you're gonna follow up with Ryan Finley, right? No, no, that's not happening. Uh, I do have a feeling this year, Adderley is gonna be sun status for basically everyone in this car, and probably a lot of people in Kansas City. Um, you mean in he, the NFL? In the NFL, yeah. I mean, he does. He does fit a direct need for the Chiefs, though. And he doesn't. Sure. It does not feel like he's gonna be there at 29. Like yeah. it really no, does not. Crazy. Like he's incredible. Uh, he has a quarterback background too, but he does like he he's willing to hit and he flies if, around if the field. If you just want to watch one play, type in Nasir Adderley, Odell Beckham interception. It's yeah. it's phenomenal. But it's not, he's not just that either. Like he ran over a guy on a kick return, stared over him, and then ran into and the then ran into the <laughs> ran into the end zone. And he like paused for a second and like stared down this dude that he just. Like took his soul and then kept running. It was like time stood still for a second. And this is now a Delaware Blue Hen podcast where we talk about Nasir Adderley. <laughs> hey, what? Hey, Brett Veach, like yeah. former Delaware Blue Hen. Did you know that about your son, Jake Stack? I know that he's cousins with Packers Hall of Famer and NFL Hall of Famer Herb Adderley. No, that, my my piece of info is better. <laughs> um, I'll I'll add a guy that I'm interested in. Uh, just because I, I've been the primary grader on him. Oh, Shane Ziminis from Old Dominion. Um, I, I, I don't. Some people have him as a round one player. I'm not there yet, so that's why I'm really curious to see, you know, what he's able to do here uh, against a higher level of competition. I think he's got like a, an arsenal of moves that he's used. Um, I think he's got some struggles in the run game, from what I saw. I don't think he's overly explosive as an athlete. I think he can bend a little bit, but I want to see what kind of ability he really has up against top-tier competition. And it's a guy that's had a month, well, probably two months at this point to really prepare for the process. So let's see what kind of development he's been able to make, you know, since his 
last time playing. His team was terrible. Even though they beat Virginia Tech, they only won three games. They didn't go to a bowl game. So um, that's a guy that I'm pretty curious to see. Um, okay, what we talked specifically about players. Are there any position groups that you guys are really zeroed in on? Uh, and it probably, I think we could all, I think we're going to have an idea at this point, but Craig, what's a position group that you're really interested in watching? It, it's corner this week for me. I think in addition to Rakusen, uh, Amani, Arawarie. There you go. Yeah. That was a good job. He's been practicing all night. I have been practicing that a little bit. Uh, Penn State, he is a zone guy with really good ball skills. If he can show that he can press this week, then he becomes probably a high round two pick if he doesn't flirt with the round one. He's really got some really good tape, so he's just got to show a little bit more in man. And then Chris Boyd out of Texas is also there. That's a guy Matt actually said earlier tonight that it's a guy that has round one games and then undraftable games. <laughs> so he's just very inconsistent. Those three guys, I think, could all be kind of in the making for the Chiefs if they're looking at drafting a corner in round two or round three. Those are the types of guys I think would be around, so I'm going to really focus on them this week. For me, it's the safety group. We're kind of sticking to the secondary, and we've already talked enough about Adderley, but a guy that I actually think might push up to that second safety spot ahead of Deontay Thompson is Juan Thornhill. Speaking of another guy that played corner last year, he was the Virginia's number one corner. This year, he takes over Quinn Blanding's role as their box safety. So this is a guy not going from corner to free safety, but he's stepped in. He's played in the box. He's played corner. He can play deep. Excellent ball skills. As long as he kind of looks like the same athlete he showed on film to me, I feel like he's got to be pushing right up there into the back of that first round and challenging for that second safety spot. But even behind him, behind him, you got guys like Darnell Savage, who I'm going to say is more of a nickel. DB. He's kind of that honey badger kind of role where he's playing more slot corner. But you want to see a guy that probably has the best click and close you're going to see in the last couple drafts. Watch Darnell Savage out of Maryland. He's very undersized, but when he sees something, this man closes on it unbelievably fast. You have uh, who else got there? We got uh, Jonathan Abram, Kent's guy. He's a big dude. He's going to hit people as hard as he can. He may not always know where he's going or what's happening, but he's going to be fun. He's actually not playing, believe it or not. He got red flag. Oh, he got okay. red flag and by my guy, you just mean that I was the greater on him because he's not, he's not really exactly my kind of guy. And then finally, my last guy, before I got cut off with this great information that I missed on my flight, was Marquise Blair. He's just your kind of center fielder kind of safety. He looks like he has some range. He's shown some nice stuff. He's shown the ability to tackle as well. Just It's an intriguing safety class. I actually watched Marquise Blair some all 22 him on the way to New Orleans. We are driving, by the way, we flew to New Orleans and we're driving to Mobile. There's really no good way to get to Mobile, Alabama. Um, so we have to, you have to fly. Uh, Marquise Blair, uh, I watched some tape of his. I've got like a early fourth round grade on him right now. He missed a lot of tackles the last game I watched. Some of his angles from center field were a little wonky. So you can say he's like the last Utah safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's there's still there's still some really he flies around like he's willing to he, he flies and when he sees it he's he's really reactive. Sometimes uh, it comes at the expense of some poor technique, 
when he actually gets to the player. Like he missed, he he read some stuff really well. Uh, a game I watched against Arizona, but couldn't finish. Uh, but he still like some really fun tape uh, at times, some inconsistencies. But I think some of it is is fixable too. Like he's he's got the profile. He's he's like six two six three, fast, athletic. Uh, willing to stick his nose in there too at the same time. Like he is a guy that that's pretty intriguing. I probably would have said safety class too. So we'll just we'll just move on. I'm gonna we're gonna play this game. We'll probably play this a few times throughout the offseason. But I want to kind of just give you a, a little poll, simple yes or no questions, and maybe just get the pulse of of how we feel over the time throughout the season. So we'll start with this one. Yes or no? Brett Feach trades up into the first round. Into the first round, like further into in it. The, yeah, trades up further. Yes. In the first round, yes. Jacob, no. Yes. I think I'm a yes at this point. Right now, sitting where we're at right now. Let's see how the board plays out. Um. Okay. Does all right, Brett Veach? Does he make four? Does he make? Does he make four top 100 picks this year? Yes or no? No. 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 I'm a no there. I think either he trades up in the first round. Or the second. Or he trades in both of those seconds to move up high into the second round. Both. both, Just because we're giant nerds, or at least I'm a giant nerd, both second round picks that the Chiefs have can get them into the mid-30s. Yeah. Very easily. 36. If someone really wanted to split that asset in the top, like, you know, like, I, I don't know who it would be, but... One of those teams in the early 30s and the early second rounds, if they really wanted to just accumulate additional picks, both Chiefs second rounders could really get them up to there to some range like that. So I'm I'm a I'm a no as well though. I I, I don't think he makes uh, four top 100 picks. Okay, here's another one. Do the Chiefs take an offensive player in the first two rounds? Yes or no? Yes. I hope so. <laughs> I'm also yes. I'm banking on Riley Ridley or um, my guy out of Iowa State, Hakeem Butler. Those are my hopes. Oh, I wouldn't hate Noah Fant or Irv Smith either. I got like, a long list like a of guys of, I'm cool with. So yes, there's a lot of tight ends. Like yeah. sneakily, this is something you're going to hear from us for the next couple months. It's a really good tight end class. It's stacked. really good tight end class. If one of those, one of those big big names at tight end falls to the second round. That Demetrius Football Harris is probably not on this oh, team don't next year. Harris. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with Demetrius. He's probably not on this team next year. They do need an heir apparent to Kelsey in the nearish future. I think if a guy like Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinstein, they're not going to fall. Hawkinstein. Hawkinstein. Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Oh my god. I kind of. I, I'm so sorry. I think we're gonna roll with Hawkinstein. Uh, okay. Because okay. I'm calling him Hawkinstein. Beer. He's a beer. A, I'm gonna call him Hawkkittle. Hawkinson. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> they, they, they've just got George Hawkinson. They're so so good that if one of those guys, if Irv Smith is sitting there in the second round, you almost can't you, you, not take him. I mean, you have to take him. The value at tight end, you know, you know, I, if you know this podcast or some of the draft Kent conversations, loves two things: value and comp- compensatory picks. Woo, okay? That's that's my brand. It, I'm all about, you know, there's if there's a value like that, and like the New England Patriots, if they wind up with with T.J. Hawkinson, we are we are Stein. revolting. T.J. Hawkinson, yes, yeah, sorry. Hawkinson. <laughs> 
But I, I, I could just see I could just see Hawkinson wind up being a Patriot. So yeah, but I, I, there's there's just good value that could really fall at the tight end position. And that's where, you know, to Jake's point, you get greedy. You get greedy on offense. You have another tight end in the wings, 12 personnel. Imagine imagine Irv Smith, Ty, Travis Kelsey, Sam Watkins, Tyreek Hill. Nightmare. Daryl Henderson. What? You'll have to remind me later on in this podcasting future to give my argument for a wide receiver in round two. Oh, I, I, we it's have too long to go right now. You Matthew, have to remind me later. Matthew, we have months. Literally <laughs> months. I can fill it. I know. We all know. Starting right now to the draft, you can fill it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but like I said, we've, we've got a lot of really cool things planned. We've got literally already almost 100 prospects with initial grades. We'll have more in the future. We're gonna be you. We're gonna be you're gonna have some draft flavor to a lot of our, our podcast conversations. We're not gonna go full fledged draft for everything because there's still free agency. There's still a lot of stuff to discuss. Coaching changes. Coaching changes probably. <laughs> there, but draft the draft will always be there, and and we're gonna start getting you prepped for all these prospects. Really looking forward to it. I promise you this. No one in Kansas City will have more Chiefs-specific draft coverage than Arrowhead Craig. Absolutely. I got good news for Craig. He's got a new cornerback to watch tonight. Jimmy Moreland has been added. James Madison, another FCS guy. What? There we go. Got a little guy. So the Chiefs needs another nickel corner. (laughs) Trash-talking, feisty nickel corner. Huh. Chiefs brand. Wonderful. Hashtag Sun. Watching corners tonight, guys. (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow with more draft content we will recap what we saw in day one of the senior bowl probably we might even have some sound clips of some prospects uh, that we will throw up into the podcast but uh really excited to get this thing going we will talk to you tomorrow my name is spencer hall my name is jason kirk my name is ryan nanny and when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, shutdown Voltron. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.